0: Well this week we are continuing the series we've been in for the past four weeks called Beyond Ordinary and we've been looking at different individuals throughout scripture, ordinary individuals and seeing just decisions that they made, simple acts of faith and obedience and God using their lives to accomplish extraordinary things. And uh, this series has its roots and foundation and inspiration in the vision that we have here at Faith Community, which is to help you move from where you're at to where God wants you to be, to take one step closer to where God wants you to ultimately be. See, we just believe that God has a plan for your life, regardless of any situation, any circumstance that you could throw out trying to negate that before even one step was taken. The Bible tells us that God had a plan for our lives. God has a plan, not just a plan, but he's resourced you and he's gifted you to accomplish that plan. We want to help you discover that and we want to help you just take one step closer. And that's what this series has been about, encouraging you, nudging you, pushing you to take one step from where you're at today, closer to where God wants you to be. That step last week was getting in a small group and relationships. As we talked about the story of Ruth and the value of relationships, that we not only need relationship, we were created for relationship. It's woven into the fabric of who we are because we were created by a God who himself is relational. Relationships aren't an addition to our lives. They are necessary for our lives. And we're not asking you in this series to figure everything out, to walk out of here today or any week saying, I finally know what my life is all about and fix all of it. No, just one step. Take one step. And that's what I want to do today as we talk about another character. We've already looked at Abraham and Nehemiah and Peter and Ruth, and I want to take a look at Mary Magdalene this morning. I believe in her life, there's something, a key there for us of what it means to live a beyond ordinary life. I don't know about you, but I really think that God wants us to all live a beyond ordinary life. But living beyond ordinary doesn't mean that we have to have an amazing set of skills and abilities that the world just worships at the altar of. We don't have to make a huge contribution like discover something or write a Pulitzer Prize winning novel or, or whatever the case may be, give all of our money away and move to India like Mother Teresa. That There are things that we can do to live our lives in such a manner where it really is beyond ordinary and it's far more simple and practical than you think. And I believe that Mary Magdalene's story illustrates something for us about living a beyond ordinary life, and it's this. She understood what it meant to be valued and to add value to other people. Now, when you think of the word value, what, what comes to your mind? When you think of value, what, what image, what thought, what pops up in your mind? as you're thinking about it, let me just define value for you we can see it as a as a noun or as a verb and going to the english language here's value here's what it means it's the regard that something is held to what it deserves the importance the worth or the usefulness of something that's what the word value means just as a noun but if you're using it if you're valuing something you are considering that someone or that something to be important or beneficial or you have a high opinion of them. So value is worth, significance, regard. And when you think of value, what do you think of? Maybe, maybe it's monetary. You think of the value of the stuff that you own, right? The value of your house, the value of your car, the value of your assets. How much could I get for this if I sold it? It has value, the value of your, your jewelry. It has, it has inherent value to it. Maybe, maybe you don't think of it in terms of monetarily, but you think of it in terms of something that someone's given you. A, a family heirloom, a gift, a, a letter that someone wrote to you, a card that they sent you, a note that they gave you. And it, it is valuable and important and significant to you, not because it's worth money, but because of the situations, the circumstances, and just the people that gave it to you. It's so valuable to you, and you've held on to it. You think of it in terms of something you have in that. Maybe it's, it's character qualities or, or, or values that you possess or admire in someone else. Values such as integrity, honesty, generosity, respect. Those are values that you, you see in people and you value those. And, or maybe you see them in yourself or you want to ascend to those values and live up to them. Or maybe it's not any of that. Maybe it's not money. It's not stuff that you have, or it is not necessarily a character, quality, or trait. Maybe value for you is just relationships, the people in your lives, not the people that you have to value, but the people that you've chosen to value, not just family, but also friends. You value them. They're, they're important. You have a high opinion of them. You consider them significant for some reason or another wherever you fall on that spectrum of whatever popped up in your mind first, I'm not saying one is better than the other. But I do think this, I think it illustrates that we often think of value as something that we possess, something that we have, right? We have stuff. We have cars. We have homes. They have value. We have things that that people have given to us, notes, cards, family heirlooms. We possess character qualities and traits. We have relationships, not that we own them, but we have them. Value is something that we receive. It's something that we have, right? We view it in that way. And the question that that I just want to ask this morning and, and hopefully attempt to answer for all of us is this. Is have you ever thought of value... Not in terms of something that you have or possess, but more so in terms of something that you give and add to other people. Have you ever thought of value in those terms? As a resource that you carry, that you can give to and add to other people. Not just something you own, but it's something that you have that you give. I think that Mary Magdalene understood something about that. She understood what it meant to be valued, and even more so, she understood what it meant to give and to add value. Her story, which we'll get to today, here in just a moment, we're going to read from John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18, but Mary Magdalene is an interesting person in Scripture. We don't know a lot about her. I mean, she's mentioned 14 times in the Gospels, all throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, over 14 times. She, she traveled with Jesus. She was a, almost a disciple of Jesus. She was present at very prominent instances throughout the Gospels. She was present at major miracles. She was not present, but present. Present. She was present at the trial of Jesus, the scourging of Jesus. As he carried his cross, she was present at the crucifixion. She was present at the burial. She was present at the resurrection of Jesus. First woman there. I mean, she's she's all over the place. She's a prominent figure. However, we don't really know a lot about her. We know that Mary Magdalene, the last name Magdalene, it just tells us where she's from. She's from a city called Magdala, which is in the northern part of Israel, near, near Galilee and Nazareth, where Jesus was from. And the only other piece of identifying information we have about Mary is, is that she had seven demons. She was demon-possessed. Seven demons. Anybody know anybody? Seven demons other than your kids? Huh? We don't know what they were. We don't know how it happened. Some scholars say that Mary Magdalene was the prostitute that washed Jesus' feet with her hair, but Scripture never says that. Scripture, there's no evidence to to validate that. We don't know. All we know is she's from this city, and she's demon-possessed, and then she has this encounter with Jesus. She has this encounter with Jesus where they meet, And he sets her free from these demons. She is tormented by whatever is possessing her. Tormented. All we know, she's possessed. She's from the city. Jesus sets her free. The next thing we know, Jesus invites her to travel with him. And she serves Jesus for probably two to three years of her life. Goes on ministry tours with him, serving him, serving the disciples, serving other people. She financially supports Jesus. Jesus was financially supported by a group of women. It's amazing. Did you know throughout the Gospels, the only arguments that Jesus ever had were with other men? You know that? Women, they're just like, you're Jesus, I'm following you, I believe you. And they financially supported him. Mary gave everything that she had. Followed Jesus, present at the trial, present at the scourging, present at the... The, of Jesus carrying the cross, present at the crucifixion, present at the burial. You know what the disciples did at the cross? Poof, they're gone. Who's at the cross? Mary. Who goes to the tomb first? Mary. And that's where we pick it up here. In John chapter 11, Mary goes to the tomb where they put Jesus, and she goes there not expecting to see the resurrected Jesus. She goes there, she bought burial spices, scripture tells us, and she was going to put the burial spices on the body of Jesus, but when she gets there, see, because they didn't really believe that Jesus was going to do what he said he did, that in three days he's going to rise from the dead. They just thought, yeah, I mean, that was a good stuff, but you died, so, you know, I'm just going to do what we do. And she, she gets there, and that's where we pick it up. John twelve, chapter 20, read verses 11 through 18. If you have your Bibles, you can flip there, open there, click there, whatever you do, or follow me on the screen. It says, Mary was standing outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they've taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they've put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there, and it was Jesus, but she didn't recognize him. Jesus asked her, Dear woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, If you've taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go get him. And then Jesus said, Mary. And she turned to him and she cried out and she said, Rabboni, which means Hebrew for teacher and was a very, very much of a term of endearment. And Jesus said, Don't cling to me, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers, the disciples, and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord, and then she gave him his message. What we just read is the most extraordinary event in the life of Mary. She probably didn't recognize it as extraordinary. We have the advantage of reading it and seeing how extraordinary it is. And here's why. Mary's the first one at the tomb to see Jesus. And Jesus makes a decision to first reveal himself to a woman, to Mary. A formerly demon-possessed woman. And the fact is that he would appear to a woman first, and that culture was huge because women, their testimony was not even considered reputable in the case of law, in the court of law. Women were considered second-class citizens, much like they are in parts of the Middle East. A woman, their only value in society was, you get married, you have children, you make a good home, but you stay quiet, and you don't get involved in public affairs. And even if you see something, if you take it to court, your testimony alone is not good enough. And what Jesus does for Mary is this. Jesus entrusts her... With the message of the resurrection. And I think what we need to do is just talk about how important that is. See, because we read the scripture, right? We read it and we're like, yeah, Mary went there. Jesus appeared to her. Hey, go tell the disciples I'm risen. She goes, she does it. We're like, thank you, John, for letting us know that. But let's back up. The resurrection. How important is the resurrection? Here's how important the resurrection is. If it never happened, if Jesus is still in that tomb, we have no scripture. We have no salvation. We have no Christianity. We're not sitting here today. We have no hope. We don't believe in God. That's it. Somebody should have said amen. Come on. The resurrection is the hope that we have, that Jesus Christ went down into the grave for three days and rose again alive, paying for our sin. Had all he done was die, he'd have been a martyr but he died and resurrected again and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. That's why we lift our hands and sing this morning, Jesus, we love you. That's why there was a lingering moment this morning where the peace and the presence of God was just sitting and resting. Did anybody feel it? That's because of the resurrection. No resurrection. We ain't meeting here today. We don't have any hope. You might as well go home and not go back to work because all you're going to do is get up in the morning and die and go into the grave and that's it. No hope. And Jesus chooses to make the most important message in the history of the earth, in the history of our faith. He gives it to a woman whose testimony is not considered reputable in that culture, a woman who was not properly trained. Man, the value that Jesus put on her life. What does Mary do? Immediately, she goes to the disciples I've seen the Lord. And she gives them the message. What do the disciples do? They go test it out for themselves. But Jesus so values Mary that he chooses the first the first person that he's going to give this message to is her. That's incredible. And we could almost go home. But my question isn't so much about the extraordinariness, if that's a word, of that moment. But, but more about Mary about why. Why would she follow Jesus? Why would she financially support Jesus? Why would she walk away from everything for, let's say, two to three years of her life and just follow Jesus and serve him in the background and serve the disciples and be present at the miracles and standing at the foot of the cross and being there watching Jesus be be beaten and punished and die? Why, why, Why would she do that? We don't, we don't know a lot about Mary. We don't, she doesn't get a lot of praise. I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit inspired the gospel writers to, to reveal how important and how prominent Mary was, but still she takes a back seat. You could say, well, well, I know why Mary did it, because Jesus set her free from seven demons. Come on, Josh. But the reality is not every person that Jesus set free did they just drop everything and follow him. Why, why would she do that? I think one of the reasons why Mary followed Jesus is because of the value that Jesus placed on her life. How much Jesus valued her. And he didn't just value her when he gave her this message. He valued her when he set her free from those demons. And then what he did is he asked Mary to come with him. You read about it in Luke chapter 8. You can go there, verses 1 through 3. I'm not going to read it this morning, but you can see that he he sets her free and then asks her, invites her and other women to come with him. Jesus taught women. Now, here's what's amazing about that. In this culture and time, most rabbis, most teachers, preachers, they wouldn't even teach women the scriptures because they didn't think they were good enough. They didn't think they were worthy or valuable enough to teach the scriptures to. But here comes Jesus breaking every social and convention and cultural norms. And he's not only sets them free, but he teaches them and he values them. And he says, come with me on my journey. He invites them to be disciples and they follow him. And he valued her. And then to place upon her the message, the most important message In the history of the world, and the most important message that we have today, the message that we stand upon, the crux of our faith, the foundation of our faith, he gives it to her first. The value. Can you imagine the value that she experienced in that? And then that value from that moment that he set her free and and he, he invited her, she just began to add value to other people serving Jesus, serving the disciples, serving the people that were there to see Jesus. He just was serving, serving. The amazing thing about Jesus is this is that he always added value to people, didn't he? Wherever he went, he just added value to people. He came to give. He came to serve. And Mary encountered Jesus, and that encounter of him giving and adding value to her didn't just come in, but it went back out, and she began to serve and give and love, and not just give financially, but she gave of herself, and she gave of her time, and she gave of her energy and her talents. She just gave, gave, gave. She served. She just added value. I asked the question at the beginning is, is, have you ever seen or considered value in terms Not of something that you just possess, but something that you give or you add to other people. I want to ask another question that hopefully answers that question. Lauren tells me that I often answer questions with questions and it drives her nuts, but here's the next question is, have you ever wanted to live an extraordinary life? And the answer is yes, I know it is. Even if you don't want to raise your hand. But then the question I asked was, well, what do I got to do? Like, what great contribution do I have to make to the world? I want to share with you some things today, just four things of how you can live, in, live a beyond ordinary life, and it's so practical, and it's so simple, you may just boo me off the stage, but it's so easy, it's so easy, but the, the, the hard part is, is that you just have to do it, and you have to be intentional about it, because you want to know how you, how you and, and I and Mary are the same? is although he gave her the message first, is, is that we all encountered Jesus in the same exact condition as her. And we weren't demon-possessed, but we all encountered Jesus broken. We all encounter. maybe you haven't yet, this perfect opportunity to encounter Jesus broken and hurting and dealing with issues that are so much bigger than us, looking for freedom, looking for hope, looking for purpose, and she encountered Jesus with that, and he considered her valuable enough, and he considers us valuable enough and he didn't just give that message to Mary, he gave that message to every single person who would believe him the message of the resurrection, the most powerful message on the face of the earth and and throughout history didn't stop with Mary, it just began with Mary and we all have that message given to us to give to other people not just to receive to give isn't that amazing? to give. We all are Mary. We're all Mary Magdalene. The only difference is, is that she not only understood what it meant to be valued, but to value others, to add value. Here's what I want to share with you today. Four things, okay? Four things that you can do to live a beyond ordinary life. And here's the first one. You got to value people. Value people. say, so how do I value people? I think the, the, the only way that we can value people is to know that we are valued ourselves because you can't give something that you don't have. And if you don't have, feel like you have a sense of value and worth, it's going to be awfully hard to give that to somebody else. Well, how do I know that I have value? Because God values you. You have inherent value. What's that mean? It means that from the moment that you were born, from the moment even before you were in this world, as you were being formed inside your mother's womb, there was inherent value woven into you because you are the product of a creator. You are not the product of chance. You're the product of a creator. You're created in the image of God, not in the image of science, the image of God. You were created. You have value. The value that you possess is not contingent upon what you contribute. It is inherent to you. And God values you even though, excuse me, God values you even though you mess up in spite of your sin. How do you know that? Probably one of the most Well-known verses in all of scripture, John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world. Who's the world? That's me and you. That he gave his only son. You could almost say, for God so valued the world, thought the world significant, important, held in high regard, that he gave his son Jesus. That whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. God would not do that for individuals that he did not value. He said we were valuable even when we were in sin and had no hope and no way to climb out of it ourselves. He had value on us. You have value. It's inherent to who you are. I want you to say this. I have value. Say it. I have value. Say it one more time. I, have value. I want you to look in the mirror tomorrow when you get up and I want you to say that I have value. Because I'm created by a creator who loves me. You have value. Whew. Think about it, Change your life right there. You have value. What did you do to get? Nothing. God created you. You know what's going to happen when you start to you know the value you have? You're going to go to work. You're going to see people. And you begin to value them and the things they do that drive you nuts and make you hate them. It's going to wash away. Why? Because you say, people who act like that don't value themselves. People who act like that are struggling. Man, I act like that because I'm struggling. And you value them. Say, hey, I value you. Man, you've got value. And you've done nothing for me, but you have value. Why? Because God created you. You value people. You know how you carry the message of the resurrection? You value people. How does that work? Because God so valued you and loved you that he gave Jesus. You want to carry the message of the gospel? You've got to begin to value people. Because God values people. God loves people more than he loves this building. God could care less about this building. He made you his building. He lives in you. He doesn't live here. He lives in you. God values people. So you've got to value. How do I do that? I know how much he values me. I understand that. Look in the mirror. I have value. Say it till you're just sick of it. But you'll never get sick of it. I have value. And you're not finding the value in yourself because of yourself. You're recognizing the value comes from him. We have inherent value. We cherish life. Life has value. Second, after you know that, is just begin to think of ways to value people. All right? Think of ways to value people. Now, this is where it gets really practical and really simple. How do I value people? It's easy. You can just start with smiling at people. Everybody just smile. You very rarely smile at me, but that's all right. Just smile. You can smile at people. What if I don't feel like it? Fake it till you make it. Right? Just smile. You see people at work. You see people. Someone cuts you off, flips you off, drive. You just smile at them. Right? You just smile. You cut somebody off, smile at them. (laughs) Hopefully you're not flipping them off, but... If you're doing that, just tell them you don't go to church here. <laughs> Smile, people. Open the door for people. When you get to work or you go to the, you're trying to go get in line, get food somewhere, and you already see the lines really long, just open the door for people. Value them. They're going to look at you like you're crazy. You might have to wait an extra 10 minutes. But just value people. You're like, Josh, this stuff is simple. I know, but we don't do it. It is simple. Start, I'm, I'm a believer. Start small and grow big rather than trying to start big and having to reduce back to being small. Can you smile at somebody? Yeah. Does that cost you anything? Nope. Does it cost you anything to open the door? Nope. Here's another thing you can do. You can go to work. Not tomorrow because you're all off, but on Tuesday, right? On your way to work, think about, man, what if I stopped by Krispy Kreme and just bought everybody donuts or just bought a box of donuts and took them into the break room and just Put what if I went to Starbucks or Breadco or wherever you get coffee and instead of buying yourself a coffee, you bought one of those like thermos things, you know? And they, they give you the cups and the cream and the sugars. I've done it before. And you just take it, it's good for myself. <laughs> not really, not that for others. And you just, you bring it and say, hey, I brought coffee. Because you know, the work coffee's horrible. You know, it's like, it's gross. Uh, so I brought coffee for everybody. Why would, why would you do that? I just, I, you know, I, I like you. I just wanted to do something nice. Just wanted to add value. People be like, man, this person's crazy. Or, or, or what if you, you, you just went by somebody at work and you just noticed they're having a bad day and you just said, hey, I, are you okay? Hey, I, I heard what's going on. I just want you to know, praying for you. If you need anything, I'm here. 10 seconds max. Value people. We have these cards out here. It's really cool. Uh, we debuted these last year and I checked before service and we had more. It just says something extra to show you God loves you. This is, I want you to grab one of these at the info desk when you leave, whether they serve a reminder for you, you put it on your fridge, whatever. But I'd love for you to grab one of these because this is just a great thing for you to do. You go to that you know, Krispy Kreme, you get that box of donuts, you just toss one of these in there, a couple of them in there, and walk away. You don't have to talk to anybody. People look up, well, got something extra to show me that God loves you. You could, you could be in the drive thru, you know what I mean, and pay for somebody behind you like Joy FM does. They call it joy in somebody. It's just be a reminder. Just, hey, just want to add value. You're like, how in the world does that help anybody? I think it just lets people know that other people care. We're so quick to want to preach a sermon. What if you just smiled? What if you just reached out and loved somebody? I think that's the gospel. You know what it's going to do? It's going to open up windows of opportunity for you. Windows of opportunity. Big windows, small windows, maybe sometimes doors, maybe sometimes garage doors of opportunities. Where someone says, hey, you know this is going on in my life or, or why where does this joy come from you and you could just begin to tell them about jesus man instead of thinking that you got to preach a sermon on the mountain list out the beatitudes and be all like perfect in scripture just just add value think of ways to add value just think of ways ask the lord holy spirit can you show me some ways i can add value to people and he will he will. Here is the third thing. Then you just look for ways to add value. You start thinking about it, and then you just start looking for ways. How can I do it? It's going to be fun. I'm telling you. Well, look for ways. I say, oh man. What, what I mean by that is you start to be focused on others more than you're focused on yourself. Yeah. That's just so countercultural, isn't it? Facebook selfie culture. Hey, it's not about us. It's about other people. You know what's going to happen? The more you focus on others, you're going to be happier you're going to be so much happier. It is better to give than it is to receive. I know that doesn't make much you know, emotional sense, but it's so true. You're never more like God than when you give. Never more like God than when you give. We live in a society that just consumes everything. And then, we're, you know, even if we're not hungry or don't need, we just still consume it because it's there. Like, you know, we already ate three hot dogs and two platefuls of chips, but there's an extra bag of chips sitting on there at the picnic. Can't leave it. Got to take it home. Why? Can't throw it away. Yes, you can. You don't need it. You don't have to consume it. Just consume everything. Just give, give. I'm not talking about just money, time, value. Give value away. Because you know what's going to happen? The more value you give away, the more it's going to come back to you. That's just how God's economy works. We don't do it to get, but that's what happens. You start valuing other people, people are going to be attracted to you. Why? Because you're different. You're adding value. You're making their lives better. Think about what it would look like if you walked into work and started adding value to people. Because I guarantee in some of your workplaces, ain't nobody adding value to nothing. Am I right? You can be a bright light in there. Adding value. Donuts, coffee. Just get the conversation going. You find out they don't like Krispy Kreme. They like this kind of donut better. Man, go get those donuts. What if you ordered a pizza one day? Hey, I ordered pizza for everybody. I don't like pizza. I don't care. Order it. You don't have to eat it. What what do you just add advice? Just, hey, why? Why would you do that? What do you want from me? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. You want me to go to church with you? If you want. I don't want to. Cool. You want another piece of pizza? We're not doing it to get people to come sit here. We're doing it because it's right, because it's life-giving, because it's who we are as Christ followers. Carson's going to kindergarten this year, and uh, I I started talking to him. I said, hey, I want you to do something every day at school. What's that, Dad? Daddy, I, I want you to begin to add value to people. What is value, he asked me. I tell him, I said, He says, well, what, what does that mean? I said, when you're in school, if you see somebody that's sad, maybe you can cheer them up. If you see somebody sitting by themselves at lunch, maybe you go sit by them. If you see somebody getting made fun of at the, on the playground, you go stick up for them. You know, you see a kid get beat up, you just jump in there and help them. You know? <laughs> Add value. Just be be nice, be kind. Can you hold the door open? Can you smile? And so he gets in the car the other day and I said, Carson, what did you do to add value today? He said, I didn't. I said, why? He said, nobody was sad. Nobody was getting made fun of. Nobody sat by themselves. Just went through a whole list. Everything I told him. (laughs) I said, what did, were you nice to people? He said, I was. I said, that's it, buddy. Just continue to be nice. Every day I drop him off. I said, Carson, you're going to be kind, considerate, respectful. I said. I tell him this every day. I said, Carson, you have character. You have integrity. You have honesty. And you're humble. And you're a leader. Go add value. And I say, see you later. And he doesn't even say goodbye anymore when he gets out of the car. <laughs> and I was kind of like, I say, what do you have, Carson? He said, character, integrity. Honor. But I just, I just want him to know. Add value. Here's number four. You see, you value people, you, you look for ways, and you think for ways. Here's number four, just like Nike. Everybody say Nike slogan. Come on, one more time. There you go. You got to do it. It's fun to think about it. Fun to look for ways. Not always fun to do. Not always fun to leave 10 minutes early to go to Krispy Kreme or 30 minutes early to go get coffee. Not always fun to order the pizza. Not always fun to spend that money. Not always fun to wait in line election. Not always fun. But man, just do it. The hardest part of doing anything is starting it. Just do it. Just make a decision. I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna add value to people. I'm telling you what, it'll change your life. You're looking for purpose, you're looking for meaning. This isn't gonna cost you anything. You don't have to quit your job, you don't have to sell everything and move to India or Brazil or wherever. You can just start being that at your workplace. God can work through Krispy Kreme. He can. Because it's not the Krispy Kreme, it's the attitude with which you do it. Just do it. Just add value. I think that's what impacted Mary. The value added to her by Jesus. And I think, again, I just want just to finish there. We are so like her because we all met Jesus in the same way. Broken, hurting, not having any value. And Jesus valued us, gave us life, set us free, helped us find that we're not what They said we were. For somebody out there, you're not who your dad said you were. You're not who they said you were. You have value. You have meaning. The gospel gives you value. And you don't have to prove it, you just have to receive it. And you receive that value, it's just going to flow out of you, flow out of you. Because that's what the gospel does. It values us. It doesn't just make us better people. We were dead in sin, but it makes us alive in sin. I encounter Jesus. I don't know where you're at today, but if you're struggling with that question of value, you won't find it in your job. You won't find it in anything that you do. You'll only find it in him. you only find it up. Nothing that you do will will sustain value in you. You can get value from work, you can get value from school, you can get value from that stuff, but it's never gonna be enough. I had an amazing revelation on on vacation this year. Most of you know I took a two-week vacation. It's wonderful. I recommend everybody doing that. I'm serious. I had this on vacation. Here's the revelation I had on a cruise. And I thought to myself, you know what? I haven't had contact with the church for a week, hadn't talked to anybody. And finally we get back uh, within cell service, so the first thing I did was flick my phone on and thought, you know, I'm going to have a ton of emails and a ton of texts and a ton of questions from everybody. I had none. None. You know what I realized? I'm not that important. And that's a good thing. What I realized on vacation is is that my identity is not being the pastor of this church. I could, and hear me, I could not be the pastor of this church tomorrow and be okay. I'm not getting my value from pastoring. I love it, I enjoy it. God's called me here, but if He took me away tomorrow, my value and identity is not wrapped up in what I do, it's wrapped up in who I am in Him. That's what I learned on vacation. So if everything doesn't go perfect here, if we screw something up, if it sounds this way, or, or I don't do a good job speaking, or this doesn't happen, it's okay. We can get better. But this, this isn't my identity. Someone leaves and goes to another church and doesn't like me, it's okay. It's not my identity. And the same for you. Your identity is not in the job that you have. It's in the God that you serve. You get that done, man, value. Value. Jesus. Jesus, we love you is what we sang this morning. Jesus, we love you, and Lord, we need you. So good, so precious. Would you stand with me this morning? I just want to pray over you. I think the amazing thing is just such a kind of a, still a lingering moment in this room, just the presence of Jesus, and so peaceful and calm, and just amazing to me, but would you bow your heads let me pray for you. I want to ask this question. If there's somebody in here today, you say, you know what? I I, I don't know Jesus. May, I thought I knew him at one point, and Maybe I did. I don't know. But I just, I'm struggling with value. I want to know that I'm forgiven. I want to know that I'm saved. I want to know that I'm set free. If you're here this morning, I'm telling you, all you have to do is receive that. All you have to do is recognize there's stuff in your life and you know it's not the way that it should be and you need to stop and you need to go a new direction and that direction is Jesus. If you want to change direction in here, give your heart to Jesus. I just want you to raise your hand this morning because I want to pray with you. Raise your hand. I'm not going to, thank you. Thank you. I'm not going to have you come to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. Is there anybody else in here this morning? Give my heart to Jesus. Thank you. I'm going to say this prayer. I want you to repeat after me. I want you to know it's not just words that save you. It's the condition of your heart. The Bible says that if we believe in Jesus and confess that he's Lord, we shall be saved. So I'm just going to say this prayer. I want you to say it with me. And if you all say it, that's fine too. But dear Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice. I thank you for forgiving my sin. I recognize there is stuff in my life that is wrong. And I ask you for forgiveness. And I receive it right now. And I declare, Jesus, that you are Lord of my life. And I thank you for giving me a new nature. And I'm a new creation in you. And I receive the value that you place on my life. In Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for those individuals that raised their hand and said, I want to give my life to you, Jesus. But Father, we also thank you for everyone else in this room. Help us this week, Lord, to value people. Help us to think of ways and look for ways. And just like Nike, Lord, help us to do it value people. Lord, I thank you that you are going to bring people in our paths, Lord, that we can see and know they're struggling. We can help, Lord, bring to our remembrance throughout the week how we can value people. And Lord, may the fruit that is produced in that just so overwhelm and amaze us. And Lord, I pray as we go throughout this week, help us enjoy tomorrow, provide for every single one of our needs. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said,